to the Cultivate Podcast. I'm Tammy Brown, and together my husband Matt and I founded Sandals Church with the vision of helping people to be real with themselves, God, and others. Out of that vision came a personal burden to inspire and challenge women to cultivate kindness towards one another. My heart for Cultivate is to come alongside women so that we can grow spiritually wise, relationally kind, emotionally healthy, and connected in community. This podcast is my way of inviting you to join me for real conversations about what God's Word has to say and what it looks like for us, real women, to cultivate it into our everyday lives. Always keeping in mind that we might not be where we want to be, but if we pursue this, we won't be where we were. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for those of you who have followed along with this entire Enneagram series. I hope that it has been helpful for you to either understand yourself the way God made you, using the Enneagram as a tool for some understanding and clarity there, and also that the the people in your world start to make sense to you so you can have a better strategy for how to love them, care for them, and know them better. So I've had such a good time with all of our guests coming on, sharing the unique way that they perceive, process, and present themselves in the world. And so um, my guest today is Tiffany Perry, who is our Cultivate manager, also podcast producer, and all things Cultivate. Um, Mostly behind the scenes, Tiffany's doing that, but she reached out. We decided let's take those questions that maybe didn't get answered or that you have personal questions on. And so people gave really great questions. Really good questions. Very good. Do you want to dive into those? And I'll do my best on the spot (laughs) to try to answer. You know, Matt and I just toured. I know. All the campuses. So fun. And we had to take like on the spot questions. Yeah. How was that? It was good. And I have a good understanding of Enneagram, but you know, it is so important to know all the dynamics of a person because we're not just a number, right? Yeah. Matt, Matt said it like this. Um, he started kind of saying it this way after him and I had already done our episode, I think, but he said, you know, if, if we, you and I met each other and we were going to, I said like, I really want you to come over to the house for coffee or something with me. I would give you my address, which is a set of numbers, mm-hmm. which don't tell you who I am. Yes. In all encompassing, but they do tell you how to find me. So good. And I think the Enneagram is a similar thing like that. It's not going to tell you everything about who you are because it's the you that God made, then the you that you had to become to survive and function in your family. I've talked about that, especially with my girls on the episode of like, they had, you know, they developed some things in them that might not necessarily have been what they are, but they had to survive and navigate. Matt and I for parents. Mm -hmm. We all have that with our parents. And then if you throw in any abuse or trauma or major change in life or disease or sickness, like we're so complex in who we are and what we've done. But the Enneagram can be a tool to help sort of understand how to find a person Mm -hmm. underneath all of that. And so some of the questions coming in um, will help. I'll try to I'll try to I'll try to do my best to speak to it vaguely. You're so, gonna do a great job. What do we got? Yep. So one of the first things I thought you could start with kind of touching on is something that you've said from the beginning of the series through um, in response to a lot of questions that we've gotten across Sandals Church with the series called You, with Matt's a book called You, mm-hmm. is that the Enneagram is a tool for our personal spiritual formation. Mm-hmm. So can you talk about what does that mean and what's like a good jumping off point to actually start that personal 
spiritual formation? Oh, no, that's a great question. Yeah, I do. I do say that. I say that, you know, Matt and I both say the Enneagram can't save you. Right. But it can help you. Mm-hmm. Only Jesus saves us. But how the Enneagram helps is it does give us a starting place for what spiritual formation and spiritual direction might look for us personally. Mm -hmm. Knowing that I am very high six, which the course in is fear. So I I am strongly motivated by fear. My next highest styles are the two and the one, course in of pride and anger. I didn't need the Enneagram. To tell me that I struggled with fear (laughs) and anger. The pride one, I didn't see coming as Mm. much, but that comes out when I am super unhealthy is I will say, but look at all I've done for you when we're not secure anymore. Mm -hmm. So I, what the Enneagram has done for me is to go, you know what, when I help people, that high helper, it's usually motivated because I want to secure our relationship. Yeah. My motives were not what they should have been to mm-hmm. help. And so when it doesn't secure our relationship or give the results or the friend status that I thought it ought to, then I would turn to that pride. But look at all I've done for you. You know, it's like, I didn't ask you to. You volunteered to, Tam, because you <laughs> had a wrong motive. That's spiritual direction for me. Because mm. then guess what I, where I go to with that? Then I'm mad. Then mm. I'm angry. I'm, I'm mad and angry. So we weren't secure, my six. Then I got prideful. Then I'm just mad. And I hate you forever. And I <laughs> throw gas on the bridge and the lighter and burn up this whole town. And then I'm really sad mm. because I just did all that. And that's the story. That's the cycle. That's the hamster wheel, if you will, that I have been on my entire life. Hmm. So spiritual direction, knowing that about me and having the language to hone in on it um, has helped me to go, okay, what? I'm, I always am afraid, but what, why does the Bible then, why does God tell me do not fear 365 times once for every day? Because I'm not trusting him with my life. I'm assuming the worst about him and others and trying to save myself. That's a big place of surrender for me spiritually. Not every style needs that, but the six, they need that. The pride for the two, you know, what am I doing? Is it on my own ambition or am I doing in the name of the Lord in the spirit of love and Mm -hmm. generosity and kindness? Or am I doing it because I want something in return? Yeah. That spiritual direction, that anger, right? Do not sin in your anger. Yeah. (laughs) You know, um, that is unique to me. I don't need to spend a lot of time. And it's not that I never lie or I never don't tell the truth or I'm never envious or I'm never um, like for the three, the lying or the competitiveness. It's not that I never experience that, but it's not as often. I'm not a person that needs to win. Yeah. You know, and so I and I I'm or, or like the four, the envy, like there's. There's a lot of me that loves being basic because it's very safe. <laughs> You're a yes. fellow six. You can understand that. I For don't need sure. to stand out. Right. Standing out to me makes me feel like a target. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd rather blend in and then it's like nobody notices me. I'm safe here. Yes. And so what a four needs in that envy and, and the greediness and the generosity, I don't. Yeah. 
And so I, when I'm reading God's word, when I'm in relationship, when I'm just monitoring my own behavior, yeah. what I need is going to look different. I was going to say than what you need, but you're very similar to me. Yeah. Um, it's going to be totally different than Matt. Yeah. I'm going to tend, this is the big joke in my family right now that I'm working on is I'm an oversharer of the truth. Hmm. Like if I'm in the airport and someone's like, oh, where'd you get that bag? I'll be like, I got it here, but only because it was on sale. And then because I needed it, because I was going to, the kids are like, nobody (laughs) needed to know any of that. Like I am an overshare. And because I'll tend to give more truth than even necessary. Yes. Right. I don't need to like walk around every day going, help me not to lie today, God. Like, oh, I just don't want to lie. I'm probably not. Right. But for a high three, they're yeah. going to spin every story if they're not aware. Yeah. To make them look like the winner. They're going to admit truth. They're going to admit anything that feels like a failure. They're going to embellish so that you'll like them and think they're valuable. Yeah. That they, every time they read God's word about the value of truth and not lying, that, that needs to pierce them. Right. In a way, every time the Bible says, do not fear, it needs to pierce me that I can trust God. He's got me. You know, I don't That's have great. to be afraid. So when you understand your styles and what the core sin is, those are going to, those core sins, and at Sandals, we're a little unique because we tell you to look at all three of your top styles. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk a little bit about top style, wing, and all of that. So I'm just talking your three highest scores. Yeah. And then you look at that unhealthy, the, the unhealthy or the, the core sin of that style. That's going to tell you how the enemy is, is going to trip you up every time, and you're not even going to notice it wow. until you're experiencing the aftermath of it. Because it's so you. Yeah. You know what? It's like breathing. Yeah. It's like I'm mad at everyone as easily as I breathe in the morning and wake up and I'm scared without even thinking it. Matt, Matt doesn't have to. Matt has fear, but not the same. He's never looking over his shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> he's never thinking. He's rarely ever thinking about what's going to go wrong. He knows it's going right. And if it doesn't, he's uh, we'll figure it out, mm-hmm. you know? And so- I think spiritual direction, what it looks like is understanding what sin looks like for you. Mm. Matt and I say, we've said on on the campus tours, on different podcasts we've done for the Enneagram is we, we have, we don't have a hard time when trying to evangelize or disciple people, getting them to believe that there's a God. Mm-hmm. The hard time comes in getting to people to believe that they're a sinner yeah. in need of a savior. Saving from what? Mm -hmm. I need saving from fear and anger and pride. Yeah. Every single day. That's so good. Matt needs needs saving from lying and deceit. Mm -hmm. The eight, that's lust. And the seven is gluttony every single day. Yeah. You know, and and that's going to be a a unique combination to us each individually. So when I say, why do I need to see a savior? Here's why. It doesn't mean I don't ever struggle with the other things. Yeah. But those are the things that nine times out of 10, I'll be walking along and that's how the enemy is going to get me. He's going to make me get so angry at someone that I'm like murdering them in my heart, Mm. (laughs) you know, wanting them in the hate chamber of my life. And you know, the pride of thinking I'm so much better than everyone else because of all that I've done for someone, 
mind you, in the name of manipulating them to secure our relationship because mm. I value security. So when I say spiritual direction, that's that's what I mean is it's going to tell you not that all of, we all dabble probably in all of the sin, right? Yeah. yeah. But there's going to be a few that's going to be like, I talked about the hamster wheel of my life. Before I ever knew about the Enneagram, I can look back to elementary school friendship fallouts, mm-hmm. middle school, high school, and even college where I assumed the worst about someone because I was afraid it would go a certain way. So I sabotaged it. Yeah. Or I tried to secure a friendship that didn't feel secure by doing things Mm -hmm. with the two. That's how my six and my two play together. And then it wasn't secure. And then I'm mad because look at all I did. I'm angry. You know, like that combination of dysfunction for me over and mm-hmm. over and over. And the Enneagram has helped me to untangle that. Yeah. So for everyone listening, what are your top three styles? Think about them. Spend some time thinking about how does the enemy play play on the sins of them to trip you up time and time again? And I guarantee you'll be able to look back and see some fallout. Yeah, right. How do we undo that so that we can move forward in the healthiest way? I still get scared, but now I have some tools to say, God's got me though. Yeah. Don't go so far down that path. Or if I start, I call it an inner hustle. Like Mm -hmm. Brene Brown talks a lot about the inner hustle. My inner hustle, I can feel a physical thing I do when I don't feel secure with someone. And then I start doing for them. That's Mm -hmm. the two. My two is like my most unhealthy place in me. Because I'm like, well, I really want us to be close. And so if I do all this, then we will be. Yeah, that's not You know, and then my default for everything is I'm just mad at you. I'm mad about whatever. And so spiritual direction, this, this helps you know. This is not just that I am a sinner. This is how I sin. And this is my path to redemption. Right. Courage. Um, uh, you know, just like healthy helping Mm -hmm. and then grace Mm -hmm. for that one, that high one, the high one needs to be always grace for themselves. Yeah. That's what spiritual direction looks like for me. Yeah. That's so good. I think too, you know, we've talked about, you know, boundaries before too, you know, gatekeeping our lives. Mm -hmm. And so having that spiritual direction in your life, like knowing, okay, this is a trigger for me. So moving on either side of this can get dangerous. Mm -hmm. And so doing that personal work that being real with self and doing Mm -hmm. that work that's I mean it's pretty powerful especially for somebody who's new to the Enneagram Mm -hmm. to have that information and be able to walk forward it's not about the Enneagram it's about the sin and the Enneagram is the only personality assessment that deals with sin directly Mm -hmm. it shows you not just the sin though it shows you the beauty of how you are yeah and I think it's so important because some of us just look at our assessments and just look at the unhealthy and like oh my gosh None of us are, are unhealthy all the time. Yes. Right? We're yes. a mix of both. Yeah. And it's important to go, you know what? Here's why the world, like, I'm so grateful to God now that I understand the beauty I bring. I didn't have that gratitude before. Yeah, it's true. And my identity rooted in, no, yeah. I do bring some good things to the world around me. Yeah. But if I'm not careful, mm-hmm. here's how that's going to all go sideways. Go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Um, I think that's a good segue into a question that we got um, from somebody who she um, is identifying herself as a three, but she says 
you know, how do I keep people from assuming the unhealthy three is me? And so I think as we're doing that work of spiritual Mm -hmm. direction, how do we manage kind of some of those stereotypes and assumptions that people, you know, once they're learning and they're curious about other people to be, oh, you're a six, so you must always be afraid. Or, oh, you're a four, you must always be struggling with envy to kind of manage some of that, you know, especially if we're a person who's really trying to do that spiritual Mm -hmm. formation and Mm -hmm. work towards health? No, that's a a great question, I think, for any of us. Mm -hmm. to One of the things that's super important to me about using the Enneagram as a tool is that it's exactly that. We use it as a tool and not a weapon. Yeah. When we weaponize it, that's what we're doing. We're just going, oh, you're a liar? Yeah. Oh, you're lustful? Oh, you know, you're just angry? And and. But here's why the Enneagram, how it becomes a tool and not a weapon is understanding why. Understanding that threes typically don't lie because they're liars. Mm-hmm. They Deceit plays a role in their life because of fear. They're afraid that any part of life that's not the win takes away from who they are and then they don't matter. Mm-hmm. It's like like getting rid of their identity. So when threes embellish, it's usually because I it's I really want you to see me a certain way, see me as successful because if I'm successful, then I'm worthy and valuable and have a place in this world. Yeah. And and with all the styles, that's what's so important is understanding that I'm worthy not because I'm successful that's the three, or for the four, unique, or for the five, wise, or for the six, safe, for the seven, um, joyful. You know, I could go through all of them, mm-hmm. but because I'm a child of God. Mm. And so for us to, to look at them and go, okay, if, if they're lying, that tells me that they don't feel secure. Yeah. And then now I have some responsibility in that. Not all of the responsibility but yeah. some, because here's the thing, none of us, first of all, okay, well, I'm going to backtrack one second and say, I recently heard this. I can't remember who said it. Shoot. I can't remember who said it, but it says what someone else thinks of you is none of your business. Have you heard this? Mm, no, I don't. And, and I was like, oh, that's hard for a people pleaser. Yeah. Uh, hopefully soon to be recovering people pleaser, <laughs> but um, because I think what people think of me is mine to manage all the time. Mm. Some people, to answer this question, are they're just going to see you that way? Yeah, and that's on them. Yeah, and right. it's wrong. Yeah, um, none of us are all healthy or all unhealthy right. any of the time. I go through a day yeah. where I'm like meeting to meeting, I vacillate between healthy and healthy. Yeah. You know, I could be coming in a room with Melody or you or Dan Zimbardi, I'm thinking of people I work with in yeah. the day, you know, and just feel like I can be totally me. You know, the high one in me is like, I have to get it perfect yeah. or I'm not okay. I know with those people, I don't have to be perfect and, and they still value me. Right. I know that I'm safe with them. And I know that um, I don't have to be afraid with them. And so I'm my healthiest version of who I am with them because mm-hmm. I feel secure and safe and right. valued even though I'm flawed. Yeah. If I go into a meeting with strangers or people who I feel at risk with, I can go from one meeting with the people I just mentioned into this meeting and be the worst version of myself where I'm led by fear 
led by pride, <laughs> led by anger. Mm-hmm. All, and then go to a next meeting. Like I could go through that cycle all day long. Yeah, All of us are a version of healthy and unhealthy mixed all throughout the day, depending on who we're around, what our environment is. Do we feel safe? Do we feel secure? Do we feel loved? Mm-hmm. And so for a three specifically, and I feel like I can speak a lot to the three because I'm married to one. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that Matt... When, when I see Matt, um, Matt's not a, a big, like, li- like there is lying. Like I tell a lie just to lie. Yeah. Most of lying is trying to create a perception because they want to be valuable. They're seen as valuable mm-hmm. or seen as successful for the three. And so when I see him, like, how should, like pad a story, if you will, or like, <laughs> The fish was five pounds, but it was like 10 pounds and it was this big. And we don't fish. So that's a, such a stupid <laughs> analogy. But you know, there's like the big fish story in yes, all the stories. Yes. You know, that typically tells me that he feels like he's not safe, secure, and loved. Yeah. And he's hustling. Remember I talked about mm-hmm. that inner hustle? Mm-hmm. That's what the hustle looks like for him. Mm-hmm. Or lying can also look like omitting stuff. Yeah. When Matt's retelling a story and I see him picking segments, like if, it, if it's a 10-chapter story, but he's telling chapters one, five, and nine. Yeah. And leaving out the rest where there's hard stuff where he didn't get it right or he lost or he won or, he, or you might think less of him. Yeah. I don't see that as like Matt's such a liar now that I understand him. Yeah. I just say, I, I can see that, oh, he doesn't feel safe here. Mm-hmm. And I think with all of the styles on the Enneagram, that's what that's why it matters to understand all the styles, even if it's not your own, because it helps you see people through a lens of grace and yes. understanding in a new way. Right. So it's not like, oh, you're just a liar. You're the worst version of yourself to this right. person who's asking the question of a three. Yeah. First of all, you can't help what someone thinks of you. Yeah. If you do get a chance to speak to it, you can say, I'm a mixed bag of all of it in a given day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or I've watched this with Matt over the, over the years is he tries to be so careful to say the truth, you know, like I hate having to tell this part of it, but, or be specific. Like if it's, if he lost seven pounds, he says seven instead of, I think I lost like 10 pounds or I gained 10 pounds or. I should I shouldn't say weight. I should say lifted. <laughs> like <laughs> I lifted 150 bazillion pounds. Um, he tries now to catch himself to be the most accurate, mm-hmm. so that he's training himself. And mm-hmm. I think over time, as you do that, um, the people around you that matter that yeah. are themselves healthy, yeah, that are dealing with the log in their eye mm. before they're examining the speck in yours through yes. your brokenness. Yes. Um, they will see that. They will get that. And and where it's all amiss is grace. Yeah. Right? The so grace good. I need, the grace you need, because my sin looks different than yours. So all the people in your life to this three asking this question, they have a log in their eye as well. <laughs> yeah. And they need to deal with that log. And so I think that's it is, is to just, you have to own your beauty. You have to own your brokenness where you're going to trip up and you have to be mindful and put protections and strategies in place so that you guard yourself from lying to yourself. Most threes lie to themselves more than anybody else. Mm. I'm not enough. I'm not significant unless I do the best, win the best, achieve the best. 
Yeah. You've got to stop lying to yourself and say, I matter because I'm a child of God. Mm. Whether I win it all, do better than everybody, gain it all. Because what does the Bible say? You can, what if you gain the whole world yeah. and lose your soul? Yeah. Threes will do that if they're not careful. Mm. So you have to be okay with that first. Then you have to own the beauty that you bring to the world as well. And, and let everyone else fall where they may. Yeah. I think one of the things I've, I've loved that you've done most with the series that we've done over the last nine weeks is also share how we can love each type mm. so that whether you are that type or you know someone, because I think mm-hmm. about how my family has used the Enneagram, you know, as a wife, as a mom, as a coworker, as mm-hmm. a colleague. When you understand other people, you truly can Mm-hmm. approach them through that lens of grace yeah. and you don't think oh why don't they do that thing like me or why do they yeah. do that thing the way they do you think okay this is how they're perceiving this is how they're processing and then you can meet them in that with mm-hmm. grace like mm-hmm. you can change the way you approach the way like I'm not going to take a five by surprise in the office and be like hey let's you know talk, have this <laughs> deep conversation you know you begin to learn mm-hmm. and it takes a little bit of time on the front end yes but you and I are experiencing now, it's almost become second nature to yes. us to just understand as you get to know people. Yeah. And that's one anothering. Yes. Right? That, yes. That's many parts, one body. Yeah. And it really does. It can help you to be a better communicator, mm-hmm. you know, better and all because you approach people. It sort of levels the playing field mm-hmm. because rather than seeing them as different, you can see them as another child of God mm-hmm. and they're worthy of that investment. So I love that so much. Um, so since we're talking about the three a little bit, um, we have somebody who identifies herself as a six, which you are, mm-hmm. but she's married to— Oh, this one's the story of my life. <laughs> That's exactly Matt and I's Enneagram. A three, her husband is three, seven, and eight. And so she's asking, as a wife, how can she control her fears, because that's her tendency as a mm-hmm. six, so that she can actually enjoy the things that her husband enjoys mm-hmm. in his three, seven, and eightness? Yeah, that's exactly Matt and I's Enneagram style. I'm primary six. He's a primary three. And then his second and third highest scores, which just means he is very influenced by those styles. They come to play with who he is as a person all the time. Mm -hmm. The three is the achiever. The seven is the joyful person or the adventurer, the enthusiast. And the eight is the challenger, the powerful person. Matt's exactly those styles in that order. And I would say this is that um, my first thought is, that we meet in the middle, mm. that um, that we meet in the middle. I'm going to stop there for a sec. And then I'm going to say as me, as I'm working on me, I am learning to train myself to think about what could go right instead of what could think about thinking about just what could go wrong. Mm-hmm. Because I have enough years under my belt ugh, at this age <laughs> Where I can look back and see so many opportunities I've missed, so much joy, so much fun, so many moments that mm-hmm. I've missed because I was afraid something might happen that never did. Yeah. And I have enough of that under my belt at this point in life that that motivates me to not miss out on experiences, on life, on joy, on fun. So I'm going to start with that. Matt has learned to. Uh, how do I say this? Matt has learned to pick things. Mm-hmm. Adjust a little. To adjust. Mm-hmm. To meet me there. Yeah. So what can be fun and 
safe. Mm -hmm. Like he's probably never asking me to skydive, (laughs) you know? Um, he, he thinks about, okay, what is still really fun, but that she can do too. Or we do things together. Like we'll go on a trip together. And on one trip in particular, like he really wanted to dive with sharks. I don't want to do that. He went and did that. Like we both went on the trip. Yeah. He went and did it. I was fine that he did. I didn't go and I wasn't resentful that he did. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, some of the adventures he does, he does with a couple of his buddies, his best friends, that it's like, go do that with them. That's great. Like, I don't have to be his only playmate for all things fun yeah. <laughs> and adventurous. Yeah. Um, however, we do need to have that. So he, he, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He, he like curates that, if mm-hmm, you will, mm-hmm. when we're together to what's fun for both of us mm-hmm. in that way. Does that yeah. make sense? Yes. And so at, it's not just about you learning to change for your husband. Yes. It's about your husband figuring out what's fun for us, not just what's fun for him. Yeah. But you do want to show up and be that person because you don't want to miss out. I've missed out on so many fun things because yeah. I was afraid. And so I need to think what could go right? What would the joy in this be? And and part of that has gotten for me, like I've talked before about the what if, like yeah. my seven steps to we're all going to die in fear. I've gotten to the place that what if <laughs> the worst things all go wrong? And now I know we'll figure it out. And the worst possible what if is I die, right? Um, then I'm with Jesus in heaven. Like, yeah. And unfortunately yeah. for sixes, that's where you have to go. You yeah. have to know that God has you. Yeah. You have to, you have to deal with your fear. Yeah. And and your husband needs to meet you in the middle. What is fun for you? Like whenever something's fun for me now, Matt is a learner and a student in that way of me for lack of a better way to say that, Mm -hmm. he makes sure we start doing that. Like, I love hiking. He makes sure we hike. I love skiing. He, he makes sure we go skiing. I, whatever I, cause there's so few, few things I love to do for fun. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And all the sixes can relate, right? Like there's probably only a few things that we love to do for fun. So he makes sure we do those and they're fun for him. Cause the truth is it's not about what we're doing. It's just about having fun. Yeah. Being and intentional. So, yeah. yeah. And so it's not like he's like, well, this is fun and I need you to do it with me. Yeah. You know, it's like he wants to have fun. Yeah. He's like, what do you think's fun? Let's do that. That's, yeah. yeah. I wish you guys could see me. I'm like hand talking <laughs> and like going all squirreling crazy. You're passionate That's like about my this. version of fun. Yeah. Um, but then if it's something, like I said, that Matt really wants to do that I just am not interested, he'll find, well, the truth is he'll do it by himself. He's yeah. high three, seven, and eight. Those are the least... Yeah. interdependent they're the, the most independent like he's probably going to do it anyway and like, giving him permission to do right, that giving him that space and mm-hmm. that permission mm-hmm. and then he doesn't push me mm-hmm. if there's something that's a borderline thing like it's risky <laughs> but it's fun one of the ways that matt has grown in that is he he warns me of everything on the front end mm. here's where we're going the boat ride's going to be this long. When we get there, they have all our dive gear. They help us with that. We dive for 30 minutes. The guide's staying with it. Like he will walk me through it. Gives you the plan. Of the plan. Mm-hmm. And gives me, then I feel like, because a lot of my fears are unknown. They're yes. like, I know the plan. Okay, I can deal with that. I can yeah. do that. So he will investigate, bring me all the facts Yeah. to do the fun, which isn't fun for him, but... Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah, that's so good. Okay, so this, I didn't have this question written down for you, so I'm going to put you on the spot, but I think you can <laughs> answer. I just went to 12 campuses yeah. on the spot. Throw I know. It at me. Yes. Okay, so in light of this sort of, you know, intentional, honest um, dialogue, and I think really where the Enneagram marries well with our vision to be real with self, God, and others is as we're taking this assessment. So whether it's your spouse or your, it's a sibling or your parents or a good friend, how important is it to have like an honest conversation with one another and share some of those nuances? Like this, I'll use myself as an example. I'm a six wing five. So my six score is pretty healthy and but my five scores kind of unhealthy. I tend to withhold things about me because I I want people to earn the right to know that. Mm-hmm. So for example, in my marriage, like I've had to be intentional about, I can't expect my husband to read my mind. So rather than withholding something that I want or need and then being resentful because he doesn't answer or mm-hmm. do it, we have to have an honest conversation about what it means for me when you do this or how I need you to support me in this. Mm-hmm. So as we're navigating those relationships with one another, wh- wherever it is, workplace, home, family, mm-hmm. like, is there a point in which you sit down and you say, hey, these are the things, this is the conversation, this is how you can love me well, you can support me well. So there can be mm-hmm. some of that mm-hmm. mutual understanding and kind of intentionality. Um, I think with a spouse, for sure. Okay. For sure, I think that could happen. I think one of the biggest joys of going through the series and for the with the book, like we had different people reading the book, is breakthroughs in marriage. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking from people that have been married a year to, we had one of our campuses where it's like the couple had been married 55 years. Yes. And they said, we took the assessment and- Oh my gosh, it's completely changed our marriage for the better. That's 55 am- years later. That's amazing. Because it's like they're they're holding out the book and saying, this is me. I, I need yeah. you to know me. Yeah. And so I think absolutely it's important to say, I think that we need to take some responsibility on our own to say, to ask those questions mm-hmm. about like, what, what do you think your style is? Mm-hmm. And then to go investigate on our own to understand because we love the person. Like yeah. I'm taking time even still yeah. to understand what it looks like to love a four. I have, my daughter is a high four and my son may be a primary style four, mm. with both wing five. That's, a, that, that's foreign to me. Four and five is two of my lowest scores. Yeah. So I need to learn that because I know that about them. Um, the seven and the eight with, with Matt, his primary is a three, but he's a lot of seven and eight. The nine with Maddie, like I need to, I, that's on me because I love them. I want to do that. So I think part yeah. of it's on us to ask, hey, what does make you feel love? Like if you know that they know Enneagram stuff to ask them and, and then to share about them, like, oh my gosh, here's what I'm learning about me. Here's what motivates me and most people to some degree. We're it's infectious when you see someone growing. Yeah. And when and when you when someone will say, Oh my gosh, here's what I'm learning about me, and you get the good, the bad, the ugly, the everything, what that communicates to the person across from you is 
it's safe for you too to be vulnerable and share what's learning about you're learning about yourself. Mm. I think the more you are vulnerable, the more we lead the way in saying, Oh my gosh, I took the Enneagram assessment. Oh, what's the Enneagram? It's just a tool that sort of helps you understand your personality. It helps you understand the beauty you bring to the world, what what we reflect of God specifically. Yeah. And then probably the ways that we are broken in sin and how that plays out in our relationships. Um Oh, okay. You know, people are like, oh, I've just learned that, man, fear just is such a hang up for me. And here's how that looks. Yeah. And so I'm learning about me that I need people that are direct and safe. And I think you can have that conversation. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, maybe they ask questions or maybe you ask a question like, oh my gosh, I would love to know this about you as my friend. Mm-hmm. So I do think that it's a gateway for conversation, but here's Here's what we're hoping. Mm-hmm. We're hoping that A, you can understand how God made you, what you reflect of him, how to guard yourself from the attack of the enemy so that you can be the healthiest version of who God made you to be. That's yeah. A. Mm-hmm. A next layer of that is a conversation about who God is, right? Mm. How did God make you? What, what do you bring to the world? How do you reflect him? Mm-hmm. Oh, there is a God. Oh, what do you believe about God? Oh. What do you think happens when you die? Like, we're, like there's just so much gateway to spiritual conversation. Yeah. When you're saying, here's who God made me. And, and some people have never thought about that they reflect anything of God. They've never thought about God. Yeah. So it's such an interesting gateway to go like, I might reflect something of God. Yeah, that's beautiful. You know, yeah. and nobody, most people aren't shocked at their sin because it's a part of who they are. Yeah. They just might not call it sin. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's sin? Oh, well, if I'm a sinner, then I am in need of a savior. Like it's such a good tool and opportunity for opening and being a gateway to spiritual conversations where we can share the good news of saving grace of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm like all no I know <laughs> yeah no that's I'm like, you guys can't see me I'm like hand talking mm-hmm. I'm like close to the mic I'm like mm-hmm. getting all passionate mm-hmm. um so this was another um a, a great question that we got and kind of something that I don't think we've addressed before um and this gal wrote in and she said that her husband took the assessment and he scored high eight and high one and then they noticed on the assessment that it talks about the fact that a high one could have inflated scores Mm -hmm. on the numbers so why is that what is that why does that one play into that good question yeah when i look at someone's assessment with them um whether their primary style is a one or not i always look at their high one their one score Mm -hmm. in particular their unhealthy one score because the one is the perfectionist. The one is the shooter. Mm-hmm. You know that we joke inappropriately, <laughs> appropriately, inappropriately, um, that ones should all over themselves and others. Yes. yes. And what the one score does is it can tell you that you, unintentionally, subconsciously, as you're taking the assessment, you're answering it the way that you think you should mm-hmm. rather than maybe you actually would. Mm-hmm. And the one score can inflate the scores because when you read some of the questions on the assessment, you kind—I of, mean—it lends itself to go like, "Well, the 
better, more right, like <laughs> yes. socially acceptable answer would probably be this. So you're going to do it because you don't want to look bad. You want to yes. do what you should. Yes. Even if it's not what you would. Yeah. The the best thing you can do is take this assessment as honest and raw and broken and whatever as you can, because that's going to be the real you. Mm-hmm. The, the unhealthy one score can inflate, make all of the scores higher or potentially make a score higher than it would. But I don't think you need to necessarily, so if you have a ton of high scores, like a ton of high bars, and if you haven't taken our assessment, you wouldn't know what that means, but it comes in like a grid, a graph. Mm -hmm. Um, It might just be because of that. It's nothing super to even take a lot of stock in. I I would just still go by what is your highest score. Yeah. Um, That's, probably your primary style. That means that's the primary way that you perceive, process, and present yourself to the world. Yeah. And probably the sin that trips you up. It's your strength and your struggle. Yeah. And if, you know, it, it, the assessment is a, is a reflection of you because you answered the questions. Mm-hmm. So if they're all high, it just, you can see, yeah, they're all high because I answered the way I thought I should. Yeah. But you probably are going to still be whatever your highest number is because it has a good way of weeding that Yeah, out. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is that, would that be the case too if somebody, like they get their score and they're like, I'm not sure this is right or I don't like this and so I'm going to retake the assessment? Could that even skew your score? Sure. I mean, it could. Uh, very few times have I seen that happen. Okay. I shamefully tell the story of how I took the Enneagram and I was in a pretty broken place. There was a time a handful of years back where I had just experienced, I'd come to the end of what I considered my wounding to be in ministry. Mm. I had just had so much relational fallout over 20 years at Sandals. Um, so much hurt feelings, so much attack, so much criticism. Um, and we went to counseling because Matt was like, well, before we completely... <laughs> call it a day. Like, <laughs> what if we try to get healthy? Um, and of course I thought I'm, I'm healthy. Everyone else is the problem. This is before I knew that I have that unhealthy too in me that mm-hmm. does things for people to try to secure them to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I, I had a hard time if anybody ever left, which is not realistic because of that loyalty piece in me. Yeah. So I didn't see my part to play and how unhealthy and how upset I was. I took the Enneagram. I was in a, a terrible place emotionally, relationally, personally, spiritually, and took it, got my score. A few years back, and after I had done my entire certified coaching class, <laughs> I thought, you know what? I'm in such a healthier place now. <laughs> and I think that some of my lower scores like should be higher and healthier. I'm going to retake it again. My score was almost exactly the mm. same. Now, there was some change in health and unhealth, but I'm still what I was. Yes. And the truth is, when I was in that rough place, I was probably my most real yeah. Well, and that's... so most of the times, like you can't, I get asked this all the time. Like, yeah. should I retake the test? Should I try to get these scores up? It's not about the test slash assessment. assessment. It's about you. Yeah. Once you take the assessment and you, and you land where you know you land, when you're the realest real you can be with yourself. Yeah. When you know, oh, I am so motivated, like for me, by security and safety and truth and by doing what's good and right and and helping others. Like when I'm in a good place, my helping is right. It's when I use it 
for evil, like I did for many, many years here. Like if I do everything for this person, they'll never leave Sandals Church or me. Mm. Well, what if they're, God called them away? Nope, but there was no room for that <laughs> in my world at the time, you know? Yeah, yeah. What if they needed to go? What if them going had to do with what God needs to do in their life and not personal? No, it's all personal. You know, like I, I, I'm still motivated by those things. Once you take the assessment, you land where you land, you get real with yourself, you learn the beauty you bring, you learn the brokenness that comes along with it when, we're, we're, when we don't feel safe, secure, loved. You put the assessment aside. It's not a test. We're not trying mm-hmm. to score higher or lower or do better. We're trying to have an idea of how we work yeah. and a growth path, like we talked earlier, spiritual yeah. direction yes. for ourselves. I know when I feel that inner hustle now, I don't feel safe and secure because I'm motivated by safety. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hustling to do people's stuff for people mm-hmm. to try to gain their loyalty so that we're safe and secure. Yeah. And then I know that when they get it wrong, I'm just angry. I, I have so much one in me. Yeah. Whatever that looks like, you put the assessment away then. Yeah. You can take it. You can take the assessment as many times as you want for funsies if you want to. <laughs> I mean, my daughter took it in late high school, which we do say or recommend. That's mm-hmm. one of our other most frequently asked questions mm-hmm. is, how old should you be? Enneagram people would say 18. And I think I talked about this on a couple of the episodes, but that, um, you know, kids are kind of a mix of who God made them to be and then who we've made them to be. Right. (laughs) And so it's not until they're sort of on their own where they start untangling that. Yeah. And I think that's for them. However, I do say, hey, high schoolers can take final exams. Yeah. (laughs) Let them take the assessment, but but give them some direction and guidance to hold it loosely mm-hmm. because they don't even know who they are yet Yeah, versus who you're making them be and who they want to be to please you or please their friends or whatever. So that can just be a starting point of curiosity of mm-hmm. how they work. Any younger than high school, I wouldn't have them take the assessment. A, it's 200 questions. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to be accurate if you sit next to them and help them answer it. <laughs> and um, yeah. But I think you can be curious. Like you're, you, we see things in our kids and yeah. our little ones. Like you can see, are they crazily afraid of things? They probably have some six in them. Yeah. And so that helps you know how to parent. Like when I talked about personal spiritual direction, that helps you know how to parent. If you have a kid that's always pointing out what can go wrong and what they're afraid of, you know that a healthy way for you to parent and develop them is to have them also go, okay, but let's say everything goes right. What could go right? Yeah. And walk them through that. If you have an achiever kid who feels like they have no value in any way unless they win, help them find their value in every other place. Mm -hmm. You know, like, no, you're valuable because God made you because we love you because you have friends, your family. Like, help them redefine what the win is. Yeah. You know, for an eight, do you need to be in charge, but you're super lonely? You know, the fives are very much that way too, is fives are, are the most withdrawn the least emotionally engaging and the least relationally needy. However, so what they present is I don't need you, but then fives can be very lonely because everyone believes they don't need them. Mm -hmm. So if you have a kid that doesn't need a lot, and I I wish I would have known this. My son is very high five. Same. Um, I would have, I think, tried to keep in the forefront with him of who he like who 
you know, investing Community. in people. Yeah. Because it, it was easier for me if he always just wanted to be home and he was never a problem. Yeah. You know, and, he, <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, yeah. you need to go out the sun. And um, so I think that it, it gives you an idea to be curious with your kids so that you can understand how you may never have to like push your kid to try to win if they're a high three. But you might have to push them to be helpful, yeah. to do what's good, right, and true, that one, yeah. you know, to have some fun, even if they can't win. Like, you might have little ones that if they don't win the board game, and my son was this way, if he didn't win, he wouldn't play. Why? It's not about winning. It's like, we're all together, and we're laughing, we're having fun. And we had to teach him how to have fun, whether he won or not. Because mm-hmm. it's good sometimes to just have fun. Yeah. You know, and so with little ones... Be curious, knowing what you know about the Enneagram. Yeah. High schoolers, they can take it, um, tell them to hold it loosely, mm-hmm. and then, you know, encourage them. And then if you want to take it just for funsies to see if maybe you've grown or maybe you've changed, I mean, go for it. Yeah. But chances are your first test is probably the truest that there is. Makes sense? Yep. Makes, makes sense. So I want to continue the conversation of parenting curiosity, and then we have a couple uh, other great questions. Um, So let's put a pin in this, and we will pick up on it next week. Awesome. Okay, good. All right. Thanks, friends. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Cultivate Podcast. If you were encouraged by what you heard, we kindly ask you to share this episode through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Then tell a friend. We'd love our conversation to help you start your own. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode and leave a review. We love hearing what you think and we know others will too. Cultivate Women exists to help women like you grow spiritually wise in a community of kindness. If you attend Sandals Church, join us as we live out what we're learning on the weekends by using our weekly reflection guide. This is written by women for women so that you can cultivate the truth of God's word into your life. Find it every Monday at cultivate.sc slash discussion. You can keep up to date on all things Cultivate by following Cultivate Women on Instagram and Facebook or by visiting our website at cultivate.sc. Because Cultivate is just one piece of the ministry of Sandals Church, be sure to find our current and archived sermons from Pastor Matt Brown at sandalschurch.tv or go to sandalschurch.com to visit a campus near you. Also, be sure to subscribe to the Debrief Podcast, where Pastor Matt is giving real answers to tough questions from the Bible. Find it at debrief.show or wherever you find podcasts. Friends, until we connect again, here or in person, remember, cultivate kindness.